But I do want to talk to you about one of the probably the most uh, well-known and beloved Christmas carols that is a staple around this Christmas season. Uh, was written by none other than by a man named Charles Wesley. Now, Charles and his brother John Wesley were used powerfully by God to bring about one of the most massive revivals that ever hit in recorded history. As a matter of fact, uh, this revival of Wesley, uh, the Wesleyan revival in the 18th century, from that spun off what has become known as the Methodist denomination. So if you've ever heard of a Methodist church, it came from that revival. So profound was the revival of, of Charles and John Wesley in the 18th century, historians maintain that if it wasn't for the Wesleyan revival, that Britain would have experienced a similar revolution as the French did in 1789. It was powerfully transforming of the entire culture. Now, Charles wrote 6,500 hymns and songs throughout his life, many of which were sung vigorously throughout the English countryside during those revival years. Hark the Herald Angel Sings is one of the most well-known of the hymns and carols that Wesley wrote during that time period. Uh, not only is that song one of the most well-known Christmas carols and a staple of the Christmas season, it's also one of the most theologically rich songs ever written. Now, the problem is when things of that kind of significance go mainstream, that runs the risk of kind of disappearing into the background noise of pop culture. If you've been to a mall in the last three weeks, there's a good chance you heard that hymn being blasted over the speakers. I heard it at the Irvine Spectrum just a week ago. Amazing theological truth broadcast out there, and nobody was paying attention to it. Now, in a culture like ours, that's much more comfortable with Santa Claus than Jesus Christ, even during Christmas season, that kind of pop culture white noise apathy can be expected. But if you are a Christian, you cannot and must not allow rich songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing just kind of be reduced to the fun nostalgia that goes with Christmas. So what we want to do in the next just short 10 minutes is to look at those powerful words, words we just sang and words we're actually going to sing together once the service is over, so that it cultivates within us the intention that Charles had when he wrote it, not just to accommodate and go along with Christmas, but to lead us to worship of what Christmas is about. So Darren, can you put up slide one? You're all very familiar with this. Charles starts off by saying, Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Now, hark isn't a word we hear very often today. It's an older English word. It simply means to listen. To listen. And the Bible has categories of angels. It calls them all kinds of things. Sons of God, the messengers of hope. Uh, the book of Daniel calls them the watchers. Uh, we call them the cherubim, the seraphim. But heralding angels, I don't know where Charles got that from, but we do have categories of these angels that proclaim the message of God to humanity. And the message they bring here is this, listen, because Christmas begins, glory to the newborn king. Why? The next stanza tells us, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Well, peace on earth, that's pretty obvious. But mercy mild? God's mercy uh, mild? I mean, we know of it as a passionate thing. It's astounding. It's, it's intense. But mild? 
Maybe Wesley was just trying to rhyme something with reconciled. I don't know. What mild turns out to mean is one of these older English words that has fallen out of use, and in Wesley's day, it meant graciousness, a graciousness. So God's mercy given to humanity was a sign and an act of His grace. This also makes much better sense in verse 3, we'll look at later on, where it says, mild He lays His glory by, graciously He laid His glory by. So again, why does Christmas begin? Why does the message begin with glory to Jesus? Because it is through Him that God and sinners, everyone in this room, you and I, are reconciled. We are not reconciled because we attended X amount of services during the Christmas season. We are not reconciled to God because we gave a little bit to the Salvation Army at the, at, outside of Stater Brothers. We are not reconciled to God because we are good moral people compared to the next person. We are reconciled only and solely because of Jesus Christ. And that's why there's glory to this newborn king. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus is the ender of war. Jesus is the gatherer of nations. That's what the next stanza says. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Now, the words here are a little bit different than what we sang, nature rise and worship him who is born at Bethlehem. That's because Charles' song, his carol, has been rewritten and added to over the years. But the point is that Christmas is for everybody because the gospel is for everybody. That is why the nations are joyful. The nations are joyful because the gospel is for everyone. And it's not just the world of man, which is represented by the word nations. In Charles' original writing, it's also nature itself, which is why nature rises and worship him. Verse 2, it goes on, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate, incarnate deity, and here again it's a little bit different, pleased as men with men to appear, Jesus our Emmanuel here. So verse 1, the verse we just looked at, is completely Christological. It's all about the person of Christ. Verse 2 is all about His incarnation, Christ becoming man. Jesus, who is adored in all of heaven. Why? Because He's the everlasting Lord. See, Wesley is saying here in this verse that Jesus is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Jesus is this Godhead see, we can see it, although he is veiled in becoming man, this glory is covered, it's covered, it's hidden, so that we can behold him. See, this was the plan that God would become man. God knows us as creator, as Christ, he also knows us as creature, so he could be with us, his creation. And because of this, it goes on to say, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life around He brings, risen with healing in His wings. Jesus does not have wings. He's not an angel. This is a reference to Malachi 4.2. Mild He lays His glory by, born that men no more may die. 
born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. See, verse 3, this third verse is about the atonement. This is what Paul the Apostle writes in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. He's writing on this, verse 6, who, speaking of Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So, so see the progression. He covers, he doesn't consider God being with God something to cling on to. He's willing to give that up and he humbles himself and becomes a human being. But not just a human being, a human being that will die, and not just a human being that will die, but a human being that will die as a rebel, as a slave, as a crook, as he dies on the cross. So Paul writes, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." So verse 1 is about is Christology. It's all about the person of Jesus. Verse 2, his incarnation. Verse 3, his atoning work. Wesley was a preacher. Wesley was a theologian and a songwriter. And he put this all into this song that we sing every year that you will hear at the spectrum, at the shops, or wherever you go. Now, most people don't know this, but Wesley actually wrote two more hymns. We're not going to look at that. We'll conclude here. Because this is what we sang. The angels sing not because Christmas is a, a good time to give gifts. The angels sing not because it is a time for family and friends or it's a time for goodwill to all men. The angels are singing because God's plan of redeeming humanity is taking one significant step forward. You see, all those things, good as they are, family, friends, the giving of gifts, the goodwill towards humanity, good as they are, would not be possible unless Christ's cross work was accomplished. And Christ's work on the cross is not possible unless first He was incarnate as man and lived the perfect life. The angels herald His birth because God's plan of redemption is moving forward that is what Christmas is about. God's redemptive plan to rescue humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. So we are, are my family, your family, you ought to celebrate family and friends and the giving and receiving of gifts and goodwill because that is, Christmas is, my friends, in a sense, a preview for all of humanity, whether or not you acknowledge Christ as Lord, this season is a preview of what all of life is like lived under the King Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is. It is a, just a preview. For me, those of you who attend this church, you know I love the Christmas season. Many of you do love it too. And it's just a, a slice, just a couple days glimpse, imperfect, completely imperfect as it is, of what life ought to be like in His kingdom rule. That's what the angels herald. That's what we sing about. 
I hope that is what you sing about. I hope that is what makes your Christmas so joyous as well. Now, in a moment, we are going to gather together outside. All of you were given one of these cards. Don't throw it away because on the back, we are going to sing together, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, as well as Silent Night. When you leave the sanctuary and leave out the lobby here, there's going to be some ushers who are going to put into your hand a candle, and hopefully, depending on weather conditions, we'll light those candles and sing together and conclude our evening. It has been a joy to be with each other. I hope you have been encouraged, excited, and ready to launch into your Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Let me pray for us, and we are dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time where we could pause amidst food, fun, and celebration, and and for a moment, remember, recalibrate, remember what this is about, that it is great to have gifts and family and friends around us, but Father, it is about celebrating your redemptive plan moving forward in the person of Jesus Christ. We thank you for him. We thank you the salvation, the gift he brings. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Christ Community Church of Laguna Hills. For more information and resources from Christ Community, visit us at www.ccclh.org.